Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Omar Carter's request for changes to his bail conditions were denied in court in Alberta yesterday. Dellen Millard sentenced to 75 years in prison, but within two years he could be downgraded from maximum to medium or even minimum security. And Michael Rafferty, he's already been sent to medium security institution. We spoke to Scott Newark, former Alberta prosecutor and professor at Simon Fraser University, about that and a lot more. Have a listen. The uh, RCMP is, let me say this slowly, is apparently considering allowing recruits who have a criminal record. And um, we all know that Omar Cotter's request, looked kind of smug, didn't he? Omar Cotter's request for a change to his bail conditions was voted down or decided no by a Canadian judge, Canadian court. Dellen Millard got 75 years without parole opportunity for triple murder, but how many people know in two years he'll be eligible to be moved from maximum security to medium or maybe even minimum? And Michael Rafferty, who uh, murdered and sexually assaulted Tory Stafford, he's already in medium security as his co-thug, McClintock, She was moved, as you know, to an Aboriginal healing lodge, and that changed when Canadians had enough, and her dad spoke out very publicly. He was on on that for for, for weeks before the the government finally did what they're supposed to do. He was on with Alex Pearson, my colleague at uh, AM640 in uh, Toronto, 900 CHML in Hamilton, and AM980 in London, Ontario. Scott Newark joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, wondering, when the hell is he going to stop talking? I do that just to annoy you. Doing a good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He always tells me, shut up and let me... (laughs) So I try to stretch it out. Yeah, we, we go back 30 years. You're used to this by now. Yeah. So let's start. I don't know what we start with. We start with Omar Cotter. I guess that's the biggest story. Yeah, seeing as how I think we predicted it uh, pretty much a week ago, uh, it's a uh, it's a really good ruling. And by the way, it wasn't simply a Canadian judge. I'd like to point out it was an Alberta judge, and um, she quite correctly um, said, uh, "No, I'm not going to vary the conditions." And she didn't go for the dodge that Cotter's lawyers were clearly pushing, which was the "Oh, you know, he's a victim because." You know, he's still on bail, and there's this pending appeal and everything else. He's the one that decided not to apply for parole and thus complete his sentence, which would have been completed, by the way, a month ago. And instead, because it supported his, you know, uh, portrayal as a victim and helped him get $10.5 million, which I'm sure his lawyer's got a big chunk of, uh, they filed the appeal and then uh, went on uh, bail. And now, uh, three years uh, later, and uh, after his sentence is at, would have actually been up, it's not, 
Um, and after he's got his money, he comes to court and goes, I'd like to, you know, uh, reduce the conditions. And the judge basically, just from what I've read, sort of looks and goes, you're still on bail. You're still awaiting trial. You're the one that chose that. So, no, there's nothing wrong with these conditions for somebody who has still not completed his sentence. And, you know, I wonder if, uh, Omar, just in case you're listening, uh, you wonder that uh, uh, this position that you're in now with this is something that uh, I'm sure your lawyers have su- had suggested all along was the best way to proceed. Uh, and you watch what comes next, Roy, because at the very end, it sounds like his lawyer tried to get the judge to, in effect, um, suspend bail and then reinstitute it because they're going to go back to the parole board. And you watch. It'll be Correctional Service of Canada and the parole board. They're going to try to get them to, in effect, say that the last three years he's been on bail, that should count as time when he would have been on parole, so his sentence is over. Okay. To my understanding, there is no legal authorization for that in the Corrections and Conditional Release Act, but that will not stop these guys arguing it or bringing applications for a habeas corpus order that that should be the ruling of a court. Uh, But this is a situation of his own making, and uh, good for the judge for actually not being uh, conned into going along with the horse crap they were putting forward. So, uh, professor at Simon Fraser University, former executive director of the Canadian Police Association, and um, and senior policy advisor to federal minister for public safety. And Alberta Crown Prosecutor. And Alberta Crown Prosecutor talking about horse crap. So, I think that's very good, actually. I like that term. I use it a lot. I like to think of that. I know, I know. That doesn't come naturally for you. Yeah. Uh, so... You're absolutely right. Nobody else is talking about this. You're the only one who brought this up, and and on on, on this program last weekend, that Cotter had the option of uh, challenging the the uh, or, or applying for parole. They chose not to do that, right? And they chose to stay with stay on bail because, as you say, there was the opportunity for him to continue to claim that he's a victim, and that helped open the door for what the Prime Minister of Canada insists. We should all be angry about, and that's the Trudeau given ten point five million dollars. Now, once the ten point five million is is, uh, is 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 handed over, then it's oh, now I want my bail conditions changed. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But he's used to uh, having. Yes, that. he and, is. And you need to appreciate as well too. I mean, in our adversarial system, the role of lawyers, the criminal defense lawyers, is to help their clients avoid criminal responsibility for their actions okay that's why early on i realized that that was not how i wanted to spend my career and so you know that's why i think as well too that this is likely uh something that was uh you know a a quotation mark strategy that was uh, uh came up with by his lawyers and as a result of it he's now there and the judge was very blunt in saying, you know, like, um, we're not going to play the system, or at least she, as the judge, was not going to play the system, which is what is clearly going to send about the ball back into their court, and you watch. They're going to be back in front of the parole board trying to say, well, he's really already served all this other time, and the conditions on which he's been on on bail would have been the conditions on parole, which is actually true. Okay, but so you should just, you know, ignore the reality of the fact that we filed an appeal and asked for bail as opposed to parole. And it will be interesting to see what the position of the Crown is with respect to that. 
because the uh, the rule of law is what applies, and it should apply to Omar Khadr and his lawyers, whether they like it or not. And you know, the $10.5 million, we weren't supposed to find out about that. Yeah, that's correct. It was leaked. Remember that? It was leaked. Yeah. And I still think, from what I've heard around town, uh, and, and even years before the settlement was made, was that right from the get-go, this was how his group of lawyers, and by my count, he's had at least three, were ultimately going to be paid. And the original amount that was filed, if I'm not mistaken, the claim of damages, uh, it was filed by his mother, I think, and it was $200,000. And over the course of the years, the ceiling just kept on going up as the lawyers' bills went up. And, of course, we're not allowed to know the truth about that. Mr. Trudeau can't tell us that because of uh, solicitor-client privilege. And the only person that could actually waive that so we could know the truth is Omar Khadr. How about it, Omar, just in case you're listening? Yeah, just in case. Wouldn't that be interesting to find out? Mr. Trudeau, though, wants us to remain angry yes. about his having had to, been forced to, pay Omar Khadr the $10.5 million. We're supposed to stay very angry I'll about that. i something, Roy. Uh, uh, I think Mr. Trudeau is partially right about one thing. Canadians are furious about this, but they're not furious at the previous government. They're furious at Prime Minister Trudeau and his government for having in effect, uh, you know, made this behind-closed-door deal without even bothering to go to court to fight it. You know, on my uh, webpage, RoyGreenShow.com, my blog piece last weekend, not uh, not the current one, but the one before, was exactly about that. It was yeah. exactly about Trudeau uh, saying we should stay angry. I've had a lot of response That's to that. a nerve with Canadians, don't you think? Yeah. 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 So this week's blog, by the way, is all about populism and why... Only those who are afraid of it are, well, are afraid of it. So when we come back, let's talk about, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. The RCMP God. considering allowing recruits with criminal records. Isn't there something in law if you have a criminal record, you're not supposed to have a gun? Or am I missing something? Well, there are definitely um, rules and restrictions, and this is just... The story that uh, ran about this, that this is something that is a report being uh, considered. I don't think what's in that report is actually going to happen. Scott, you know, never, ever underestimate uh, those who aren't thinking. You know, Murphy's 23rd rule is nothing is foolproof because fools are so ingenious. Yeah, but it's also our National Police Service. I know. And... uh, I mean, no. I, I grant you, the, the, the environment has changed. Uh, but do you remember when I saw this story, do you remember, Roy, back in the days when success was, was measured in terms of equality? Yeah. As opposed to all of this, you know, um, uh, special considerations. And um, what's that quote? The challenge for us going forward is looking at diversity and inclusion as seriously as we look at security. That's the author of this report that said that. So this is why I, my first thought was, when they when they when I saw the story, that they're considering recruits with criminal records. My first thought was, is that because white males are not supposed to apply for a job? Actually, the RCMP has uh, got a lot more problems, and um, I've had experience with it. I was fortunate enough when I worked as a prosecutor, I worked almost exclusively with the RCMP, and I got to tell you. It was recognized as the absolute best of the best amongst police services. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I think there's been some changes. The RCMP, as you know, is the only 
police service in Canada that does not have independent employee representation, otherwise known as a union. Uh, and that has had significant negative impacts on the frontline officers. Because if something happens internally, it literally was you against the entire RCMP. I was involved in actually helping some members in uh, dealing with uh, management on that. And the, the work environment and as well the pay and as well the overburden on duties on the RCMP is, I think, the real source of these uh, staffing problems that they're having. But the solution is fixing those. And the good news is, okay, they just completed the vote for certification on a friend of mine brought it, Pete Merrifield, our CMP officer, the National Police Federation, they they just had a certification vote thanks to a Supreme Court uh, ruling that said that the uh, RCMP must be given the chance to have an independent uh, police association. Uh, that determination will be made in the next couple of months, and I'll tell you something. In my experience, that will have a huge impact on improving the internal work environment within the RCMP. All right. Hang on, Scott. We're going to come back with Scott Newark. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Okay, let's just very quickly talk about, uh, fill out the, uh, the last couple of sentences on the, the story about the RCMP possibly looking for or accepting recruits with criminal records. Yeah, I, that is an, an internal uh, rep- recommendation coming from a report. I think the, uh, I would be very surprised if the RCMP effectively compromised security considerations um, simply to meet the uh, you know, visible minority. Um, I think the, the phrase I used was a visible minority. Uh, uh, francophone and uh, without a penis uh, uh, qualifications. Uh, you know, again, we need to go back to that metric being equality, as is what it is that we're striving for as a, the definition of success. Okay, now, Dallin Millard, 75 years before he can apply for parole, but you emailed me in two years he could be moved out of maximum security. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, uh, the rules under the Corrections and Conditional Release Act. And uh, this guy, however, will not be uh, coming out uh, for, uh, I guess he's eligible uh, six months in advance of his 75 years, but uh, his uh, convictions or his uh, crimes were committed before the laws were changed, so he is not eligible for that 15-year review that's uh, applied uh, retroactively. So it'll be like 74. uh, He'll get credit for any pretrial custody, but it's going to be, you know, like, 72, 73 years before uh, he is eligible. But but he could he could find himself in a minimum security institution. Yeah, and I mean that's a, a legitimate point, and you and I have discussed this many times. Uh, this is a reflection of uh, a conscious policy choice by our government that its focus is on offender rehabilitation, not punishment. Yeah. And when you see some of these more extreme cases you see that it you know, raises an eyebrow about, is that really appropriate? And is it not possible for us to still have that focus on rehabilitation, but also balance 
the principles of sentencing, like somebody who commits multiple crimes should not be having reduced security. No, and a minimum security institution, quite regularly, they have no uh, no, no bars, no fences. Yeah. He's been no transferred walls. to a uh, medium security uh, yeah. facility. It's the one in uh, Quebec, I think, that's on site with St. Anne de Plain. I I've been there. This is a like a real and significant prison with high security. So yeah. uh, it isn't that's about that. Now. But I think the larger question is about the process itself and whether or not it needs to be modernized so as to take into account okay. those other principles. Buddy, I've got 45 seconds. The extradition case of Huawei's Meng Wanzhou, what's going on and what to expect is your column? Well, uh, I think Minister Freeland has done a very good job in saying that we're going to be governed by the rule of law. Uh, but when you go in and take a look at the Extradition Act, the rule of law also has some criteria that will need to be considered that I'll bet you her lawyers are going to argue, like, why are the Americans prosecuting her personally, as opposed to a corporate prosecution, which they've done in the past? Uh, the Extradition Act does not apply to that. It only applies to personal offenses. Um, and she isn't the one that directly benefited from it. She was working for Huawei, and, you know, they were the ones that ultimately received the benefits. Okay. Also, some of the comments from uh, uh, President Trump uh, certainly politicize it, and that's a direct exception to extradition. That's your article. I think it's going to work itself out on uh, diplomatic discussions, and uh, the Americans okay. will withdraw the extradition request, and we'll get our people home, too. All right, so that's your article in the uh, McDonald-Laurier Institute publication. Rem- remember, remember this, Fernbrook Institute. They used to have a golf course where the, uh, where the inmates played. Correct. Remember that? I do. <laughs> and I also remember as, go. a, as a result of some of the publicity go. obtained from people like you, go. it got shut down. All right. Thank you, Scott. All the best. Right. Scott New York. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.